Welcome to the MetLife Insights podcast series. My name is Noel Lord. I'm the Head of Retail Sales and Channel Development here at MetLife Australia. Today, we're going to spend some time discussing a subject that, despite having more focus now than in previous years, is still somewhat a taboo subject for many, and that is our mental health. And within that framework, how we cope in the difficult circumstances we can find ourselves in. We're all aware of the Are You OK program and others like it. And at times we give this subject some personal focus, but it's nearly always coming from the perspective of others, not about ourselves. And as society at times can create the view that we don't open up to our own fears and concerns, yet in reality, that's exactly what we need to feel comfortable doing. At MetLife, we've been looking at how we can play a positive role across our industry and beyond, not just with our staff, but with our clients, the financial advisors, and then their clients, our policyholders. So today we have two of our industry icons who have willingly given up their time to discuss this minefield of mental health and highlight areas that are being supported across our industry that some of us may not be aware of. Our first guest today is Marissa Broom. Marissa is the owner and principal of wealthadvice.com.au. Marissa has worked in financial services for over 30 years, initially in funds management, and over 20 years as a financial planner. Marissa is currently the chair of the Financial Planning Association of Australia, the FBA, and during her time on the board, Marissa has been the chair of their policy and regulations committee, chair of the Fazia Working Group, and a member of the Audit and Risk Committee. Our second guest is Phil Kewen. Phil is the CEO of the AFA. With extensive experience in financial services, Phil is a graduate of the Australian Institute of Company Directors and has held a number of senior executive roles across life insurance, investments and superannuation, as well as having owned his own financial advice practice. Phil is passionate about the value of advice and is committed to ensuring more Australians achieve the financial security and peace of mind they deserve. Welcome, Marissa and Phil. Thanks, Noel. Thanks, Noel. Good to be here. And it's great to have you both as part of our podcast series. And I'm sure as you think back over the last six months, 12 months and beyond, there's been a significant landscape of challenge across our industry. And I'm interested in getting your thoughts on what you've seen some of the pressures that financial planners have been facing. And I'll I'll ask you first, Marissa. Well, no, I think immediately in these current times, you you just think COVID. And I don't think that we should just limit ourselves to thinking about, you know, these last six months. Um, the challenges that our um, financial planning profession have been under have been far reaching to that. It's you know, going back to the introduction of the new professional standards, working out whether you can meet them, the changed licensee landscape, the, the fallout from the Royal Commission. I think that, you know, it's been on and on. Really, what has really hit me in the COVID times is actually just how busy I am with my clients on the day-to-day client issues. So it's far-reaching. It's actually um, been, you know, two or three years of just constant change and constant pressure. Yeah, and it's it, it, sometimes it's that consistency of the pressure that just builds up on us. Phil, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, look, I, I'd agree with Marissa, and, and I think it isn't something recent. And I think if you think about it, advisors um, at different times always have a degree of stress because they have a very intimate relationship with their clients and they see their clients through day-to-day, through the ups and downs 
of their lives through marriage breakups, um, people who don't feel as if they've got enough money for retirement. So they sort of become accidental counsellors in many ways. And that's just sort of part of the normal, uh, normal part of the job, which can be rewarding, but it sometimes advisors can take on the stress of their clients. But as Marissa said, we've seen over the last few years just this sustained pressure uh, on advisors in terms of you know the rising cost to provide advice uh, that's getting passed on to clients, uh, the pressure on upfront commissions and reducing commissions with an increasing cost to provide that advice, uh, the regulatory environment that means a big focus on compliance, and we're all you know we're all dedicated to professionalism and compliance, but at the weight uh, and pace of change around legislation regulation has has really added to the stress. But I, I think. One of the biggest things that also in talking to advisors that has really had an emotional impact to them of late is the fact that they're feeling particularly post-Royal Commission that, that they don't feel as if they've you know got anyone's got their back and, and they direct it to the associations as well. The fact that they know they do a great job, uh, their clients know they do a great job, uh, people who have advisors are emotionally and financially better off, but there's this just desire in the media um, to pick up the, the bad examples and, and tar all advisors with the same brush. And advisors feel as if it became uh, very popular for the media, for the government, uh, to, to pick on advisors, uh, when in actual fact they do a fantastic job. And when you lose that sense of, of belief, um, it does you know, it does become very stressful. Yeah, and there's some really valid points that you both raised there. The fact that as as financial advisors, it's not just about the advice piece, it's you are counsellors for your clients and you take on that role of supporting your clients. And I think the challenge for our industry is for advisors to feel comfortable in putting their hands up saying, I actually need some help myself. What do you think the FPA can do in that area to support advisors, Marissa? Well, I think that's actually a really key point, Noel. I think people think that financial advice is a STEM subject and it's really, I see it as a caring profession. Uh, I think we're really good at looking after our clients, we're looking after our teams, our staff, our businesses, our families, and we're very, very bad at looking after ourselves. And so we've been quite committed in trying to introduce as many um, support uh, services as we can. So about 18 months ago, we launched FPA Wellbeing, uh, which is run by the same people that run the AFA care program, Benistar, which is an a anonymous uh, service where if you need help, you've got a phone that you can pick up or an email or a chat that you can actually just contact someone who's a trained psychologist that can help you through that really tough time. But some people don't need that end of the spectrum of support, but they need everyday reminders to make sure that they're actually nourishing themselves so they can keep giving and providing great advice and great service to the, their clients and also to continue to support the people in their broader network. And so within our uh, virtual congress that we've been running this year, we've had four sessions just dedicated on looking after yourself and looking after your clients, actually working out where the trigger points are for both yourself and also the people in, that work with you and then the trigger points that your clients might be facing that might lead them to make some maybe irrational decisions. So they're the sort of services we're looking at through CPD, through reminders, through just this continual narrative. And that's why we're really delighted to be involved in this um, MetLife initiative that's been offered because really the, the broader and the wider that we can get the message, the more important it is. Yeah, thanks, Marissa. And there's some great stuff happening. And Phil, I'm sure the AFA have been very active as well, addressing this sense of isolation that advisors can feel, as you raised earlier. Talk us through some of the things that your initiatives you're rolling out. 
Yeah, thanks, Noel. And look, again, similar to, to, to what Marissa said, I mean, when I started at the AFA uh, three years ago, we'd just been through the life insurance framework and, and the industry was, was quite fractured at the time. I had remembered my time as an advisor and one thing I noticed that about running your own business and being in your own business um, versus being in a, in a corporate world is that at times you can, as you say, be very isolated. And you don't necessarily have uh, someone close to you that you can bounce things off, uh, that you can have just have a chat with. Uh, and that's why we introduced AFA Care because I just wanted to introduce that additional uh, support that advisors could you know, on a confidential basis because uh, I know some are, are concerned about going to their GP and talking about their mental health on a confidential basis, just have a phone call, a chat, um, or access some of the tools available. But it's, you know, that's an awareness thing. And I'm, I'm amazed at the number of times we've talked about AFA care, but many advisors still don't know about it, whether it's something that we haven't promoted well enough or it's something that just hasn't resonated. So the, the key thing is, is about community. And that's been one of the biggest challenges in the current environment is how do you bring a community to get together when you can't actually, you can't actually socialize? Uh, because Having our, our conferences, our roadshows, um, even our communities of practice events are great ways of bringing that community together. So that advisor that is struggling, you know, can reach out and can talk to someone or one of his colleagues will talk to him. So it is about having the support available, but it's also about having, you know, our virtual conference. Uh, we have a number of speakers focusing on health and wellbeing, uh, but our roadshows and our recent webinar series. It really is about giving advisors as much access uh, to different perspectives uh, so that each can look at it in their own different way, unique way, and identify identify some of the tools that might help them uh, and in some cases actually help them identify that maybe they should be talking to someone. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point you make, Phil, that helping people get to the point of, of self-understanding that they need to speak to someone and it's okay to do so, you know, because... Uh, one of the interesting areas that we've identified is obviously fascia. And there's no doubt there's been a significant area of focus and in some case, significant concern for advisors. And this is one area that MetLife's been very proactive in supporting advisors by running a number of workshops with Dr. Jeff Scott to assist advisors in how they prepare for their exam. And, you know, that's been pretty well received. I'm interested in, in your thoughts on as we move past phase and the industry moves forward over the next 12 months to three years, where do you see our advice industry you know, moving towards? Phil, I'm going to go to you first with this. Yeah, it's a really, a really important question. Uh, and I guess that's one of the, the other off-the-ball activities that we're trying to engage in because you talk about FASIA and the challenges there and, and advisors having to go back to school for, some, for many the first time in, in 30 years and study and, and undertake an exam that is in a manner that they're not used to. And that's quite disconcerting. And you're talking about people, who, you know, they're experts in their field, they know what they're doing, and this has given them a sense of, of, of uncertainty. And one of the things that we can help in terms of certainty is, you know, the lobbying and the advocacy that we do on behalf of advisors. And, and you know, we know that there was a lot of relief when the, the legislation to extend the exam and the degree deadline was, uh, was passed uh, because that gave advisors the time necessary um, to be able to prepare for the exam and, and study for the exam. And I think what that, you know, that 
just gives us a bit of breathing space and it gives some advisors who are thinking about their careers time to sort of take a breath and, and look at, you know, what their commitment is, how much they love doing what they're doing, what their passion is. And what we're hoping over the next three years is that we can retain as much as the, the rich experience we have in advisors, that they can see that there are the sorts of courses that you talk about. There are ways to assist them to get through the exam, to study and to help us head in the, the direction of the profession we need to so that it is going to be tumultuous over the next few years. But you can see the tide turning. You can see the government being far more supportive of advice, recognising that the the, uh, the pace of change has been too fast and there's been too much put on them. So over the next three years, whilst the next 12 months is, I think, still going to be challenging, you can see things levelling out and you can see that a lot of the, the barriers will be removed and advice will be seen for the profession that it is. Uh, and I can see more people um, wanting to seek advice and to see financial advisors and seeing the benefit of that. So I think those who are prepared to commit and stay in the industry will actually see um, you know, better years ahead. Great. Thanks, Phil. And, and Marissa, from, from your own personal experience running your own business, but also your chair of the FPA and, and a very significant voice in our industry, where, where do you see the advice industry going in the next 12 months to three years? Well, there is no doubt, Noel, that we're, we'll be a profession. I believe we are a profession, but we'll be very much broadly recognised by the regulators and the legislators that we're a profession. We've got the standards. We know what we need to do. And that, that whole discussion about whether we are a profession or an emerging profession, that will be gone because we will actually have met all those standards and our clients will um, continue to advocate for us. They'll actually keep referring people to us and we will um, certainly start meeting that unmet advice need. Um, that is very clearly out there in Australia. You know, even ASIC have identified that there's a huge unmet advice need and the changes that we've all had to go through over the last couple of years, and we've got another couple of years to uh, meet them all, that, that pain will certainly now start showing fruit uh, at that time. I certainly know that my business is prepared for that. I also hope that the enormous numbers of students that we've got who have a choice when they enrol in a, in a business degree or a finance degree actually choose their major to be financial planning and they see it as a really good profession to enter and they can see a career path in there because as much as I hate to think that we're going to lose an enormous number of uh, experienced advisors in, of my vintage that might leave in the next few years, I certainly hope that we, before they leave that we can attract some great new quality talent that will come in and um, continue that uh, life-changing advice process that we go through and we deliver now. Yeah, thanks, Marissa. And I, and I think that's a really interesting point you make that, yes, there are there will be attrition and there will be advisors that decide to leave, but this industry is such an exciting place to be part of, and that's not going to change over the next twelve months, three years, and going forward. That the absolute need for the for the professional advice that we deliver is only going to grow. And so, as we look towards wrapping up our podcast today, I'm, I'm keen to get one tip from each of you that you'd give a financial advisor today, Marissa. What would be your one tip? Oh, I've actually got two, Noel. I've got um, cool. first one is hang in there. Even though we've just been buffeted by change and by uh, having to keep meeting new standards and we certainly don't have the certainty that we really want to make sure that the changes we're making in our practices are going to be the last changes we need to make, hang in there and keep doing it. But secondly, if you need help, put your hand up, whether it be through one of our services, through one of the AFA services, through a peer, through your doctor, 
if you need some help, put your hand up. I know I've actively been reaching out to my friends to making sure they're okay. And I really want hope that um, people reach out to me and checking that I'm okay. So it's, it's hang in there, but also reach out for help if you need it. Great, thanks. And Phil? Yeah, look, I totally support um, the fact that, um, you know, talk to someone. Uh, there are a lot of tools uh, that a lot of people you can talk to, even even just a friend. Um, uh, it is so powerful just to be able to talk to someone. But the, the key thing from my perspective is, is, is just believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and what you do. Advisors play such a pivotal role. And as I said earlier, you just have to talk to, to clients. They consider their advisor their guardian angel. Uh, they sleep well at night. And as Marissa said, the advice profession has been buffeted. But if you believe in yourself and what you do, uh, you'll be able to carry yourself through all the challenges ahead. Great, thanks. And there's some fantastic bits of advice there. And I think, you know, for me, it would be, you know, I, I hear the hang in there, believe in yourself piece. For me, it's be proud of what you do because you do a great job for your clients. And, and when you think about our future of our industry, our industry is in good hands. You've heard from two of our industry leaders today and clearly they care. And importantly, you're not alone. Thanks for listening to the MetLife podcast series. Cheers. You've been listening to the MetLife podcast. To find out how you can partner with us, please visit metlife.com.au. This podcast has been prepared by MetLife Insurance Limited and intended for advisor and internal use only and should not be provided to clients or attributed to MetLife in any advice provided. This material is intended to provide general information only and has been prepared without taking into account any particular person's objectives, financial situation or needs. Any general information contained within or given during this podcast is not intended to be investment or financial advice, nor a recommendation to invest in a financial product or undertake any particular strategy or course. In accessing this podcast, you agree to MetLife's podcast disclaimer terms found at metlife.com.au.